0: I have everyone's cameras and everything muted for now, so um, all of you who are just joining in, you just want to stay muted and uh, cameras off, or you can leave them on if you want. And, um, and then we'll just do our intro with everybody. So thank you all so much for coming. It's just really great to have the opportunities like this to connect with our alumni community, especially across this great country of ours. It's one of the reasons I wanted to bring on some realtors and some some experts here from different parts of the world. Well, parts of Canada, I mean to say. And so we have Jeff Miller in Edmonton, Sam Yusuf in Abbotsford, Chris Young in uh, Whitehorse, Yukon, and Carolyn Kresnick in uh, Burlington, so Ontario. So it's very, um, yeah, I'm very honored to be able to to be here and to speak with all of you. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, my name is Jonathan Fair. I am the Director of Digital Communications and Alumni Engagement at Trinity Western. And I've been working with alumni uh, at this university probably since mid-2017. So I've had several years of experience now doing this, and I really, really love it. And uh, yeah, it's just really great to be able to do events like this. So. I know it's an evening and it's uh you know Thursday, so I don't want to take up all of your night. So let's get uh get going with some of our guests here. So I wanted to have uh each one of them kind of give a little intro as to who they are and a bit of information about their experience in, in real estate and um yeah, so do you, any of you four want to go first? Or do I get to pick you? You get to pick. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Sam first because he's he's uh, he's right in the middle of helping energetic. my parents with a with a deal.
1: <laughs> Oops. But yeah, you... thanks, uh, thanks, Jonathan. I'm uh, so I'm Sam Youssef. I work uh, in I live in Abbotsford, uh, but I actually work uh, all over the Lower Mainland. Uh, I do deals uh, from pretty much from anything. If you can think of any, if you any and if you're familiar with the Lower Mainland. Actually, I have a listing right now in North Vancouver. I have a listing in Delta, uh, I'm helping people purchase in Abbotsford as well, actually today, uh, working on a deal. Probably I'm in the middle of it now. Uh, so uh, there's, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. I joined I joined, um, I joined uh, real estate actually, uh, funny enough, I joined real estate literally the week that everything shut down in March. So, uh, when, when things shut down just this past March, that's when I left my previous job and went full-time in real estate. So, uh, God's timing was just perfect. So, um, so it was just, uh, but it was, uh, I say that kind of, uh, smiling because, uh, it's really been God's calling to put me here. I don't know his full purpose in it yet, but, uh, I'm not going to go into all of the whole, you know, details, but certainly God led me to this point and uh, led me out of where I was. I was working at a government job and led me here. Uh, my wife's a realtor as well. So she's been doing it for 12 years. So I say, I say that because I kind of been part-time in real estate for probably 12 years uh, and now full-time because I've heard all about her deals and seen everything go up and down. So uh, yeah, so that's a bit about me. Um, yeah, I'm very familiar with what's going on. And uh, definitely because I just started when COVID hit, I'm very familiar with how it has impacted not only the market, but just real a realtor like myself was starting out. So uh, so yeah, I can answer any of those questions and would be happy to answer anything that anybody has. So that's, that's me.
0: Awesome, thank you, Sam. Uh, Carolyn, do you wanna go next?
2: Sure. Trinity Western University Grad Business Communications. There's my plug. <laughs> Um, went on to do my masters in film and television. Moved to Los Angeles. Worked in film and television down there. Moved back to Canada. Worked on different projects, and uh, then fell in love, got married, was a mother for twenty. I'm still a mom, mother for twenty three years. Three amazing children. Married to a brilliant guy named Tim Sesnick. You can read him in the Globe and Mail. If you need any tax advice, Friday's Globe articles. <laughs> He's very funny, and. Um, Uh, It was about, I recently joined real estate, although we have been investors in real estate for a long time, and uh, with rental properties. And um, when, as the kids age, you think, okay, what's the next season of life? Because being a woman, there are so many different seasons in our lives that we get to enjoy. And um, this is my next season. So um, I've been showing Muskoka. Um, I'm up here in northern Muskoka, north of Toronto right now, and showing a lot of Muskoka properties to people who are excited to get out of the city, out of the COVID Toronto, because you guys in other areas of Canada, uh, you have a lighter, fewer restrictions. We're really still on lockdown. We have to wear masks everywhere, everything inside, which is a drag, but um, we can't do open houses. Um, a lot of different things. So it's been really a paradigm shift for everybody through this, forcing us so we can look forward to talking about the changes in the market that this is all the shift has brought. And I have, uh, I'm one of four sisters who attended Trinity Western University. We're the Johnston girls. There you go.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. Um, Jeff, you want to go next?
3: You betcha. So my name is Jeff Miller. I live in Edmonton with my wife and four kids. Uh, I finished my MBA at Trinity Western just in 2016, actually, so fairly recently. And I also hold a CPA accounting designation and I did my bachelor's degree, my undergrad at the U of A in accounting as well. Prior to that, I've been in real estate just for three years, so I'm still fairly fresh into it formally. I've been fascinated with residential real estate for a long time since basically junior high school when I would spend my spare time just combing through home plan books and using AutoCAD software to design houses. So then as you can imagine, I thought I was going to be an architect when I grew up. And when university time came around and had discussions with my parents, they said, nope, i going to go down a stable path and take your accounting degree. So. That's what I did. But what that did do is open up some doors for me once I got to the position of being able to buy my first house, following getting my degree and actually starting getting into real estate for more of an investment stance and actually be able to act on some of the things that I loved about it. Um, so it's just recently that I got my certification though. And it's I did it more so um, just because of a love of the industry and to be able to just utilize some of my experience and just knowledge about it, not only for myself, for our own activities, but also just for some friends and family. So when I got into it, I did it more from the stance of, I wanted to seek out a brokerage model that aligned with sort of how I wanted to see the industry going, which is somewhat of an outlier in the way of what traditional real estate market is in that our brokerage offers, not only full real estate services with realtor representation, but we also offer what are called for sale by owner packages. So if you think of the former Comfrey, Purple Bricks, that type of mentality, uh, we offer some packages that include that as well. And that's something that I think I really like the idea of having some options for our clients. Um, And it's been something that, so I spend a lot more of my time now as a partner and co-owner of our brokerage in growing our brand than I do in doing transactions daily, but I still get out and about and try to do as many as I can. But I've been spending a lot more of my time lately in just growing our brand. So during COVID, as you can imagine, we've been pretty impacted here as well. It's definitely slowed down everything for us and more so just the confidence level of what we're seeing in people. Um, but statistically we're, we're starting to make a comeback now, which is good. So we'll, we'll get into that further, I guess, as we go further along, but that's a brief intro to me.
0: Awesome, thank you. Yeah, and, and Jeff's one of our Edmonton uh, chapter leaders, so happy to have him involved in, in all the work we're doing with alumni. And Chris, Chris Young, he has just started helping us with our UConn chapter, which we're, we're forming now and hoping to do an event out there in the fall. So uh, Chris, how about you jump on and give us a little info about yourself? Maybe show us that view again.
4: So, this is where I live, and I'm going to show it to you because this will explain why I left the beautiful lower mainland and returned home so uh looking straight ahead at the bottom of that cliff is my house that house was built by my grandparents and my uncle back in the nineteen fifties, and I was able to acquire it so this is Whitehorse. Uh, Prior to, uh, so I I went down to Trinity Western and did a Master of Arts in Biblical Studies, started it in 97, finished in 2000, and a guy named Craig Evans hired me. I had been his uh, teaching assistant, and then Craig hired me to be the assistant director for the Biblical Studies program. We had a ball. Uh, Then Craig got hired away to another university, so then I helped Peter Flint with the Dead Sea Scroll stuff, had a ton of fun. And then Marty A. took over. So I did a, a year with Craig, a year with Pete, and then a year with Marty. And uh, at the end of that third year, uh, I just wanted to go home to the Yukon. I'm a Yukon kid. Uh, this is where I want to be. This is where my parents are. Um, rest of my family is here and I have always been involved in politics. So in 2003, uh, the Yukon party formed the government and I was hired on as one of their staffers. And after three mandates, the voters of Yukon decided I was ready for a career change. And so real estate was something that I I did uh, basically to keep my brain active And my thinking was, I might want to do investments and uh, do commercial, you know, look look at acquiring real estate, residential real estate for commercial purposes. Um, And one thing led to another. I ended up joining a firm uh, called Coldwell Banker Redwood Realty, and a couple of really awesome guys, very ethical, uh, took me under their wing. And so I, like Sam, I've been doing it for about three years, or not, Sam. uh, sorry, I'm having a brownout here. Uh, anyhow, have been doing it for about three years. So, um, and as you can see from the scenery behind me, the Yukon's a great place to be, especially in the summer. And lots of other Yukoners are moving here. They've discovered that this is a pretty cool place. We have lots of new Yukoners. Our population has been uh, growing. And uh, so we're, we're still a fairly small jurisdiction within the entire nation. Uh, as of the end of December of 2019, there's about uh, 41,800 people living here uh, in the entire Yukon. And 32,800 of them, or just under 80%, live in Whitehorse. Um, so... You know, one of the things that I, I wanted to mention by way of introduction is it's a small market uh, compared to other areas. Uh, and we're because we have a large uh, uh, government population, we're a little bit more stable in our incomes than some other jurisdictions. And because we have such a great place to live and we have so many people who want to live here, um, as you can see, there's wilderness all around. Uh, we actually have lots of people moving here, and we don't have enough houses uh, coming to the market to meet all the demands. So, um, some of the questions that were put forward, were are asking about is this a good time to buy? And when we get to those questions, I'm going to give you a resounding yes. All righty, John, back to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Cool, well, so these are our four, uh, our four panelists today. So it's it's great to be able to connect with all of you remotely like this. It'd be awesome if we could all be together on, on Trinity's campus, but unfortunately that's not in the cards. <laughs> but um, yeah, so let's just jump into some questions. We have a few from email, and then if you in the audience have any questions, please feel free to uh, pop them in the chat there, and then I can uh, read them out for us. So the first question, uh, how has COVID-19 affected real estate? And, uh, and then is it a good time to buy or not, as, as Chris just mentioned? So um, yeah, I guess since you're still on, Chris, what do you think? Is Has COVID-19 affected the Yukon much? Or have you guys been pretty okay?
4: Um, well, as of our last update, which was uh, yesterday, we have two cases uh, for the entire territory. And if I'm not and they're related to each other. They went outside for a trip, contracted it, came home. Um, So we don't have the issues. We don't have the scope of issues that that they do in jurisdictions. Um, And so one of the things for us is that uh, we still have to be fairly cautious. Uh, So we glove up. We uh, put booties on. If anybody touches the surface, then I have to go back and wipe it down. Um, we don't have to wear masks, but I have masks available if people want to wear them. And the impact for us is that we have people who want to sell their house, but they don't want strangers in their house. So for us, our supply is down. Um, I did some numbers January to June, comparing 2020 to 2019. And we're down about 26% for all of the listings and residential houses are down, um, uh, call it 19%, in terms of the number of listings coming to market. So that's the impact it's had on us. We have a strong demand, and we have uh, uh, less stock coming to the market. So for us, prices are going up, limited supply, strong demand, And uh, sorry, John, across the bottom of my screen, I saw something flash about the rental situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kurt threw in a question. He's just asking what the rental situation is in Whitehorse. Uh, Is there a multifamily properties for investing in? Uh,
4: There are multifamily properties uh, that that do come to the market. Um, I'm tempted to point one out to you from where I sit. (laughs) (laughs) If you look over my shoulder, there's one there. Um, but in all seriousness, yes, there are some places for rent. Because the rental market is um, so tight, uh, vacancy rates are very, very low. Uh, it's a good time to be a landlord here.
0: Cool. Um, Sam, how about you in Abbotsford? How has the situation been going?
1: Yeah, so uh, briefly, uh, so generally in BC, uh, probably compared to the rest of the country, we, we've been doing pretty good up until probably the past, uh, probably five or six, seven days, sort of. Our numbers have started to creep up a little bit. Um, just comparing with Carolyn, like we actually have, uh, as Carolyn mentioned, like open houses. We, we were actually started back now recently to be allowed to do open houses, uh, but with just uh, some parameters sort of around that. So things like uh we're encouraged to do it by appointment only. So in other words, it's just don't have it a free-for-all. Like you can say open house, but you know, you book 15-minute appointments kind of thing so that you know 20 people don't show up in the house like all at once, that sort of thing. Um generally though the market for us uh has been uh, it, it like slow obviously slowed down once COVID hit. Uh but as soon as sort of things started to ease up with COVID uh it we went straight back into multiple offers there wasn't enough inventory in the market for the buyers that were sort of sitting in the wings waiting to see what would happen so that's been sort of the that's been sort of the the trend for the past probably I want to say four weeks or so and um so that's kind of what what's happened as a covid covid kind of shut things down for quite a bit and then once things started to come back up again Uh, The things started going back into like multiples, not as crazy as like a couple of years ago in this area, but still sort of, we started seeing this happening. And so there was a bit of frenzy regarding that. And just now, probably in the past, literally probably the past three, four days, it's kind of, we're seeing the trend that's kind of slowing down again, where these multiple offers aren't happening as much. There's a lot hitting the market now. There's quite a bit hitting the market in terms of sellers coming onto the market. So it's starting to balance out a little bit. Uh so yeah, in a sense, but when it comes to COVID and protocols, very similar to what Chris is saying, like people are encouraged we, we don't have to wear masks, but you know, anybody that's doing showings, uh most most sellers and buyers kind of abide by this, the fact that, you know, it's a good idea to wear masks. A lot of times for me, if uh, we're not it depends on the seller, but I don't necessarily have to do like we don't have to wear gloves, but a lot of times like if I'm showing a house, I'll wear gloves, I'll open the doors. I'll open, you know, things and my clients don't touch anything. Uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, just sort of, uh, so we're starting to get back into it with just some of those, you know, COVID protocols that are probably in effect all over the place. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Carolyn, Jeff, do you guys want to add anything to that or should yeah, we move I'd on to the next?
1: I would I'd really
2: like to say something. It's been really, yeah. really interesting to see this paradigm shift. You know, you think about, say you're a mom at home and you're selling your home and you have to keep the house pristine because it's perpetual, <gasps> quick, somebody's coming to the house. And with the shift in, in technology, um, I, me as a realtor, I can pull up my maps, my surveys, and have a Zoom call and have my Matterport, which is gives you 3Ds or whatever your videos you have, your video walkthrough, your virtual walkthroughs with that individual, So almost like you're screening people so it's less invasive for the homeowner and um, in a relaxed atmosphere. And so pre-screening before they actually come to your home, which has been quite interesting and um, actually a little bit more relaxing than on show, although the human interaction is what's missing. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: And we're really, we have to wear masks. We are really still in shutdown. Unfortunately,
0: unfortunately, yeah, (laughs) for the foreseeable future anyway, right?
2: That's why we escaped to Muskoka.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, Jeff, do you have anything you want to add to that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely add sort of some, some light onto what we're seeing in Edmonton. Um, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of challenges for sure. We've had similar protocols to what everyone else has said, just sort of the informal recommendation in when we're doing showings now for masks and gloves, et cetera. And and we're allowed to do open houses again. But similarly, it's we're trying to do it more by appointment. Um, I agree with what Carolyn said, too, in regards to the virtual nature of what this this business has and even just our society in general. It's it was. Fairly impressive how quickly people ramped up to be able to do in our industry, virtual showings and virtual tours and things like that, that were somewhat happening, but not nearly as formally as we were able to wrap up and do during this. Um, Like here in our market, we saw a pretty significant decline, obviously at the end of March and into April for us in the Edmonton area, we were down about 55% in our sales volume year over year. Uh, In April, as an example, Um, obviously, this hit during sort of in real estate, specifically in Edmonton, when our market starts to trend upwards for activity, that's when this hit. So we went the opposite direction from what we normally would. and We took a huge fall. Um, But the stats for June have us coming back now as we sort of reopen the economy, as the government loves to use. Um, and we actually saw levels in June that were beyond where we were in 2018 and 19 both. So I wouldn't say that we're going to continue that trend. I think we sort of sort of caught back up for what we missed in April and May, and we're going to sort of come back down now to maybe a little bit more of a normal level, probably slightly below recent years. Uh, but it's definitely, we've we've seen a lot of positive things happening more recently as people get a little bit more confident. But same thing in Alberta, we were doing pretty good from the stance of per capita COVID cases. And then as we started to reopen, obviously, things started to come back up again. So we've seen that impact recently. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't play too much into how things go for us. Um, I, one thing to note for our market is that we... Though we've seen a sales decrease, our prices haven't fallen too much year over year. We're only down about one or 1.5 1. percent year over year for what our average price points are, so that's been good. Um, the thing that we're seeing in our market, very specifically, is that we're seeing a lot more activity in sort of that first-time buyer market price range. Mm. So in Edmonton, that's sort of up to that 400, 450 thousand dollar price point for residential homes. And we're seeing a lot of activity in that range. And we're seeing the upper end price points, not getting as much activity right now that obviously they're a little bit more impacted by the confidence and the lack thereof right now. But like I said, we're starting to come back. So that's, it's a positive sign for right now. Anyways.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So let segue that into our next question. Um, how do you feel with um, the fears of potential market crash based on all the ups and downs, especially with what's happening in the US? Um, do you feel like that will affect us a whole, a whole lot? Or are we going to be DCS weathering the storm?
3: Um, I think like for our market, we, I mean, a market crash is tough to say. Like, I don't think in a sort of looked at it as a sub segment in our market that we've got sort of these price thresholds, these price categories. So in that first time buyer segment, I don't foresee the potential for a significant crash in that area for us in more of the, the luxury home market in Edmonton in that area, I could see an economic impact there globally having much more of a, an impact on that threshold. The thing in Alberta, which is Canada wide as well, but it's obviously more of a, a magnified object in Alberta is the fact that we're so tied to oil and gas and what that market does as well and how that's playing out globally. So, I mean, that's a significant thing for us too, that we're going through what we're going through with COVID right now, but you throw that on top of the fact that we've had a pretty instable global oil market for the last year, year and a half, two years. And I think that you throw those things together and there's there's a pretty good risk, even Canada-wide. I mean, there's, there's stats out there saying that it's going to take until 2022 just to recover from COVID. And that's all other things being equal. If we don't get stability in our oil and gas market, we're going to see a significant impact on our national GDP, not only just in Alberta, but it's obviously more magnified here. So we're yeah. at risk of that here too. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, does anybody else want to contribute to their thoughts on uh, economic status of Canada?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean I'm, I'm going to speak a little bit about uh, the Vancouver market, which is usually makes uh, national headlines <laughs> uh, every time you know probably us in Toronto usually kind of hit the, hit the headlines when things go south like this or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, what we've noticed here is there really hasn't been a I don't see a crash happening in this particular market um, either. Uh, I think Vancouver is just such a hot market, like even during COVID. What happened here is it's not that and everybody was, you know, I know there was a lot of uh, articles about, oh, the numbers are going to get lower and, you know, prices are going to drop. They really didn't. Uh, what, what actually ended up happening more is just prices sort of stayed the same and just uh, sellers weren't, um, weren't willing to drop their price. They were just willing to ride the wave and see how long this COVID thing was going to go for. Yeah. And they wrote it out and, uh, and sort of survived. I think uh, perhaps if another like major, major wave hits, it it might maybe see a little bit. But I, again, I just don't, I don't see a, a complete crash sort of in this market just because the demand is high. People want to be here. People want to live here. There's enough going around. So that's just a little bit about the lower mainland and sort of what I've seen and what I anticipate. I don't anticipate a crash. Um, quite frankly, it's just there's too much demand here. Yeah. That's
0: another question we had... Okay, go ahead, Carolyn.
2: no, I was just going to say, I had said it before when we were off camera, I said uh, with COVID and because of our higher intense population in the Toronto region and people recognizing that they can work from home and they don't have to do the three-hour commute to and from Toronto, Hmm. um, even my husband goes zoom, 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 zoom all day long, they're recognizing that they can go to a vacation property that usually was sent for the weekends and um do their work from there so for us the Muskoka's, the the vacation properties are um soaring Mm.
0: very interesting yeah that makes
1: a lot of sense
2: it's quite liberating and and it's been very healthy for a lot of families
1: yeah yeah i mean i have i have (laughs) i have buyers right now that i'm working with that live in the new west if anyone's familiar with the Lower mainland live in new west and they um now they want to move to Chilliwack which is way out sort of in in like the sort of the outskirts of everything nobody most people don't live out that way anyway so but they're telling me like you know since COVID hit both of their jobs their their offices told them like you know we're gonna go remote for now on kind of thing so that like opened up everything to them and they they love the outdoors they love all that stuff so they're like well we'll packing up our stuff in New West and we're moving all the way out to Chilliwack. And if it wasn't for COVID, they wouldn't have opened that opportunity for them. So seeing, seeing things like that that are happening as a result of that paradigm shift that Carolyn is talking about, of just, hey, you know what, we can now live wherever we want and we can pick our home and it doesn't matter. We can, they only have to drive into Richmond once or twice like a month or something and that's it. So that's not a big deal. And that's it. They're, they're ready to go. And
2: also. For realtors, it's become. I think it's going to become a more powerful revenue stream of the referral program. Um, I'm here. I referred a, a client to a, um, a, per, a a realtor, a client who basically just wrote up the um, buyer the agreement and made a huge killing.
1: <laughs>
2: but I mean, if you know of anybody moving to Toronto, have them call me, and vice versa. You know, are um, building relationships that way.
0: Mm. yeah good question yeah it's a good uh it's a good point realtor um referrals i didn't even think of that (laughs) um so uh, kurt just posted a question here in the chat saying is foreign investment in real estate slowing in the vancouver market and if so uh, will that affect price declines
1: well i guess uh, that's for me uh so uh yeah you know uh we definitely seeing it slowing down i don't know if it's completely gone but i definitely seen have seen it slowing down uh so uh in terms of affecting the the market like uh when it comes to i think it already has kind of affected the market a little bit we the market has actually been fairly sort of it hasn't been too crazy with multiple offers too too much uh you know just in in the in the spring it started happening a little bit but then because COVID just shut everything down for so long um, just people were waiting and waiting and waiting. And once everybody was literally just out the gate, that's sort of what it caused that. I don't think that, I don't, I don't believe that that is a result of foreign investors. It's just, there was an, enough people waiting in the wings just to move on with their lives kind of thing. And they finally got a chance to do it. And it just sort of flooded the market. And, um, the, the indicate further indication of that is now it is slowing down so it's not sort of for investment anything it's just that kind of those that have hit the market have done it and now we're going to get back to sort of some sort of normal hopefully so yeah to answer your question Kurt, like i i don't believe the foreign investment piece is really um is as big a deal anymore and uh and i, I if it's going to if any if there's any sort of effect or change in the prices uh It it won't be much. And I I think it probably would have already happened by now. Like, I don't think we're going to see anything different, at least not at this point. Um, I think the thing that the biggest thing now is just COVID and how it's going to affect the market and what's going to happen and the numbers and all that. That's probably what most people are concerned about anyway, as opposed to anything else. So, hopefully, that answers the question. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Another question I had emailed was about uh, the difference between townhouses and regular houses, something that somebody had. Um, requested or the discussion on condos versus townhouses versus houses versus um, anything else like that. Um, do you guys have any opinions on that and uh, more for first time buyers? I guess
2: it's down to choice and lifestyle,
0: hmm.
2: I think, isn't it, Jeff? Just-
0: and in terms of investment, like is it better to oh, own investment. the land than to not? Oh,
2: yeah, oh, own your land. land, is- yeah. It does depend where your market is, too, though. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, if I can jump in. Uh, in certainly in our uh, – so I think your comment about it being a lifestyle choice is bang on. Um, so in my market, there are a lot of folks who make their living for about 100 to 110 days in the summer. Uh, they're out on the land. They're either engaged in some kind of resource extraction or they're engaged in some kind of scientific endeavors. And so I have, I have people that I've helped buy a place for whom a single-family detached would be really nice, but completely impractical, especially over the summer months. Uh, so in my market, uh, townhomes or, or townhouses are a great choice, especially um, if you're getting into the market for the first time. Uh, not everybody can start in a massive 26, 300,000 square foot house. And sometimes you have to build your equity and, and move up the, the property ladder. Um, so in my market, you know, it is a great choice. Uh, we, you have to be comfortable living in a community with and having uh, other people have an impact on your life. Uh, I grew up in a condominium. And uh, so I, in our place, uh, we weren't allowed to f- to frame in the carport so that we could have a garage instead of a carport. And it gets cold in the Yukon. It gets cold all across Canada. But in the Yukon, we get some cold temperatures. And a carport wasn't as nice as a garage. Um, so, But that was one of the things that we sacrificed. Now that my parents, who are still in the same house they moved into 50 years ago, are on the north side of 80 living in a condo is a thing of beauty somebody else cuts the grass somebody else does the exterior maintenance and so it's all about lifestyle choices Makes uh, sense.
0: yeah thank you for that um jeff uh, a question came in here for you um from aaron so it says will the current outlook for alberta and the oil and gas industry impact land values for rural properties outside of edmonton Or will land values remain where they are?
3: Um, I guess I would take that down two paths and maybe Aaron, if you could clarify, like, do you mean rural recreational properties or do you mean rural, more residential farmland properties outside of Edmonton? So I think they're sort of in two different categories right now. Um, I mean, for sure, the outlook in Alberta with oil and gas, it will impact us no matter what. There's no doubt about that. Be urban or rural, either way. What we are seeing though is similar to other areas in that people are now buying more recreational properties. And there's a little bit more demand for that right now because people are staying closer to home. They're realizing they can telecommute from further away from their city or from their place of work. So, I'm starting to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so in, in regards to acreages, yeah, I, I would put that in a similar category to residential in the city um, in that. You're going to see definitely some impact on a downward impact on them if the outlook for Alberta and just the the global oil and gas doesn't get a little bit more positive in the near future. Um, there's going to be some downward pressure on that. At the same time, that all being said, the transverse of that right now is that we are seeing people who are getting more comfortable with living away from the city because of what we've gone through now with our virtual work and and how that's working out for a lot of businesses and the bigger corporations and even government and Edmonton has a significant amount of government employees. So in our area, people are working a lot more from home. So I think that will somewhat counter effect when you're getting into those rural acreage properties. Um, But yeah, I mean, long story short, yes, it's going to be a negative impact. There's no doubt if our outlook for oil and gas keeps going down this path in Alberta, it's going to hurt us.
0: Um, Janice had a question as well. She said, what kind of financial investment is involved to get into real estate as a realtor? So that's open to any yeah, of, of you guys.
2: Well, it's funny. When I started my courses, I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a new career path. And uh, my husband said, Well, why don't you do real estate? We have we have rental properties. I said, okay, so I took the what first car course and I did it on my iPad. Not knowing how long the course actually was, nor that we had six courses that we had to do prior to um, um, passing, so it was about 4500 $4, five hundred dollar investment, and then there's one more course after that. This is in Ontario. I don't. I'm assuming yours out at UBC is similar. Um,
1: yeah, but, yeah. In in uh, it's NBC, not that much. Actually, it's it's more like uh, fifteen hundred, I think, for the course.
2: Wow. Wow. It's a lot more here. It's about five, $600 per course here. And um, t- I was at a conference and I was mind boggled because there was a bunch of America, there were a bunch from New, New York at this conference. And uh, I said, well, how long did it take you to get your license? They said a month. <laughs> so how little they really know, they know how to write up a deal basically. Right. That's wow. the agreement for purchase and sale. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, understanding the components of a home there's a lot of other areas of I mean probably stuff they've added that you didn't need some isn't re- written very well
1: hmm. so. uh, right I mean I'm wondering Janice if you can just because it might be different from for all our different areas here like what uh, which area are you actually looking into getting into real estate like where, where do you like yeah which which area are you hoping to get into
2: um, I'm in Langley so oh. I actually I, I, there was a realtor true story who sold about three houses on my street one year. And I'm like, if I'm going to go into real estate, I'm going to work with that realtor. Mm -hmm. And so I called him up. He says, yeah, I'd be happy to meet with you. I got a speeding ticket on my way to his office. That's how excited I was. (laughs) And, um, but anyway, God closed that. I was not the timing for me. I had four young kids and, um, I actually work at Trinity now. So Mm -hmm. love, love my there. But, uh, so I haven't gotten into real estate, but it's always been in the back of my mind that it'd be something I would love to do at some point. So
1: well, yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll just tell you very briefly sort of, because I just recently did it is uh, it's a, yeah, it's about like, I think more about $1,500. Uh, it's a course, it's 20, um, 20 assignments you have to do once you submit them and you pass the 20 assignments, then uh, you take an exam. And once you write the exam, you have two chances to do it uh, within purchasing the course. Uh, if you don't pass the second time, you have to do the whole thing all over again. Uh, but uh, so you have to study. Uh, my advice: study very hard to get past. Uh, it's a lot of math actually to figure out mortgages and stuff, but which you'll never use ever. But you still have to do it. We all have to. Everyone's laughing. I know. Um, so um, so uh, once you do that, harder
2: here in Ontario um <laughs> it took a few months to get my t- license
1: yeah so but once once you pass that then uh and you you pass the exam then you have to join a brokerage and then you go from there and then you pay your brokerage fees depending on which brokerage you decide to join uh and that sort of thing so that's the. That, i mean you we, we can chat more i guess but uh but that's sort of the the cause thank oh, you have so you
2: joined yet you're gonna join with keller williams and me all right. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn's <and laughs> my sister. <laughs> Thank you all. I'm going to I'm at a park right now eating Thai food for dinner. So, yeah.
0: oh, nice. Thai food is delicious. <laughs> um, so, we should probably start wrapping up here. I, I t- told you guys I'd like to keep it to 45 minutes so I don't keep you all up so late. But if That's there's any good. final questions, uh, please.
2: Can you? Yeah, I do. Can you oh. send um uh, can you fire us an email with all of our contact information that we realtors so we can stay in touch with each other?
0: yes, of course
2: that would be really and yours we've got yours now. that's great <laughs> yeah, well thanks. it's all about well if I might share this um can I just talk for yes, one please, second yeah. um I didn't know which brokerage to join, and I was raised in a home of sharing building each other up edification um Whatever it was, we were Mary Kay Cosmetics. Mm. And so all the Mary Kay seminars and pouring into us, all the um, training. And so I went to a conference prior to showing the Bart brokerage I did with Keller Williams. And this is a little advertisement just as to why I joined. And I was floored because the philosophy and ideology married what I was indoctrinated with. If you wanted to say that. In Mary Kay and like basically whatever you put into the lives of others will come into your own God first family second job third in that order things work out of that order nothing works and in our business as a whole in many regards it's very um, me it's all about me me making the deal money consumes mm-hmm. instead of other focused and building up other realtors um, to be really good and strong and healthy in what they do. Whether you stay with your own brokerage or not, the cool thing with my company that I'm with, Keller Williams, which is out of Texas, you're invited to come and, and have Sharon some of that training, which can build you and make you stronger and um, organized. And Anyway, if you are interested, contact me because I can get more information. It's just nice to know, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That was my yeah.
2: own little blurb, but I just... It's
1: a really cool
0: company. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that.
1: If there's not other questions, like I know there was one question that was sent, Jonathan, that I wanted to address is, uh, oh,
0: yeah.
1: what do you, what do I need to do as a client to be successful when working with a real estate agent? And I think it'd be kind of nice to address that from our perspective, like yeah. you have us here. And so I'll just give in my two cents anyway. Um, I think a couple of things, there's a lot of things, obviously, I think on both sides of the coin, like realtors have to do. Uh, but also as clients, like as a client, if if that's something you're thinking about, you're wondering, well, what, how can I be a, a good client or whatever? <laughs> um, you know, to me, uh, in my mind, um, y- you have to be patient, uh, I mm-hmm. think is probably one thing that is key when it comes to working with your realtor, but also allow your realtor to sort of educate you on what's going on. Because I, I think uh, I find um, uh, it, it's very easy uh, as a client to hear you're, once you tell your your you know your circle of friends, hey, I'm buying or I'm selling, everybody sort of becomes an expert uh, and uh, mm-hmm. they start to sort of tell you what they think and what 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 you should do and what your realtor should tell you and all of this. Uh, whereas uh, as realtors, we obviously have an ear to the ground of what's going on in our area. We are experts at what we do. That's why you hired us. Mm-hmm. So allow for the expertise to sort of come to the fore because sometimes it can be frustrating to try to help my clients understand what's going on. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, you know, uh, be sneaky with them or anything, that sort of thing is just, you know, a lot of times you just want to actually give them the accurate information. So allow for your realtor to sort of give you that expert advice that they're paid to do, uh, and be patient with that. That's just sort of one piece of advice that I would have for anybody who is thinking, how can I work best with my realtor? Just allow for that expert advice to, to come through.
3: Awesome. Yeah, I jump in on that too. Please do. Yeah, I mean, I want to thank Sam for going down this path because I agree this is something that's it's important. And a lot of people like coming into deal with an agent, they just all they're looking at is the dollars and cents of dealing with that person. What's the cheapest one they can get, or what are the best kickbacks, or whatever they want, like whatever those things are. And I don't want to downplay those, but at the same time, I think the most important thing coming to deal with an agent is you want to worry about that relationship first and foremost that you can get with that agent, because you need to be comfortable enough that you can feel able to provide basically full transparency in relation to what you're doing with them. Like you're talking about something that's a significant investment for you. And they're spending a lot of time with you and investing a lot of their time and effort for you. And and like what Sam said, like they have experience and expertise that they want to be able to give you but they can't give that to you if they don't have that transparency and that trust there. So I think sort of coming in with sort of a fresh mind of, okay, I need to work with an agent that I can trust, that I can respect, and that I can be transparent with. Mm. And then you can both start with sort of that mentality of clear expectations. If everybody knows upfront why you're there and you're honest and fair with each other, I think that is the foundation you need to be able to be successful in this industry for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, very good. Chris, I saw you nodding your head along. You you obviously agree.
4: <laughs> well, uh, Jeff and Sam both said things that I I thought was uh, pretty important. Um, uh, the comment about honesty, uh, you know, I uh, sometimes people don't want to tell us what the 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 not so great things are about their house, mm. and uh, when we're trying to sell your house, uh, we've got our eye on getting you the most money for your house. That's why you hired us uh but but we're also trying to prevent some issues down the line and so the comments about uh transparency uh honesty truthfulness um uh those are all things that i think are hugely important and somebody said the word relationship and again hugely important uh and uh, the comment about you know being a good customer being a good client uh and being uh, allowing us to do our job, um, uh, and the fact that you're going to have a bunch of other folks speaking into your life uh, who are full of of great ideas uh, and and are trying to be helpful, but don't do it all day every day. Um, and sometimes their perceptions aren't quite accurate. And I I, I can tell you stories. I won't, but just uh, all of those comments I wanted to reinforce. Uh, but especially the being honest and transparent. Uh, if you don't tell us things we're going to find out and uh, it's, it's better if we find out at the start rather than down the path.
0: <laughs> yep. That's very good. I remember, I maybe I shouldn't share this story, but I was watching a uh, v- virtual viewing. Uh, Sam was showing with my parents on a house that they were looking at and, uh, and they pulled back a towel, and behind the towel was like a hole punched in the wall, and that was Sam seeing it for the first time, and we were like, "Oh, wow, that's great," something that the, uh, didn't show up in the, the house report. But uh, yeah, those moments of you want to make sure that you're honest with your realtor about what condition of your house is when they're trying to sell it.
2: <laughs> and the same with the realtor we have an obligation, whether your client obligations, whether you're a client or a customer.
0: Sorry, Carolyn, I can't quite hear you.
2: We have different obligations with as a realtor to our client or customer, and, but still our integrity has to hold mm. because it will come back to bite you, right? It's your name.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And for me, it's bigger than just my name because I'm representing my, my Savior, Jesus Christ. So mm. everything has to go through. That's my number one.
0: Yeah, and you're all educated at Trinity, so it makes you extra integral.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of representation. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you. That was great. Nice to meet you guys.
0: <laughs> thank you all for coming on, on this the call. Way. Yeah, hey, Thanks,
1: everybody. We really
2: appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to run. It's very yeah. nice to all you guys. It's 11 o'clock. I'm going to bed. I'm not, not much cleaner. <laughs> I'm not too but I'm going to bed. Good night. I'm Come back to BC.
0: Have a good night everybody, thank you for coming.